Welcome to the Authenticity Podcast. We bring you stories that connect you to the city you live in and the people you share it with. Recently, we had an opportunity to speak to Marina Gavito. Mike, you're especially interested in her work due to your sort of passion with everything transportation and sustainability. Talk to me a little bit about what stood out most to you about her story. The biggest thing that stood out to me in Marina's story was um, just the big leap of faith that she took in moving to someplace totally new. Um, I feel like that's something that I can definitely relate to. Just moving away from your safety net into a much larger environment where you're having to survive on your own and to see her succeed in that and come out the other side with um, the drive and the passion to make a change in the city that she's from was really, really cool to see. Well, let's hear her story. I'll never forget, I was at St. Mary's University and someone told me that Chicago is like a big San Antonio. And what they were referring to is just the Midwestern culture. Everybody's friendly and San Antonio is a friendly place too. And so without ever visiting Chicago, I told my family, I'm moving to Chicago. And they were like, what? In a traditional Hispanic family, it's just like, why would you leave? We're all here, you know, and all four of my siblings are here and my parents are here and my grandparents and aunts and uncles. I said, I'm going to give myself two months. And if it works, then I'll stay there. And if not, I'll come back and find a job. Within a month and a half, I was connected through a St. Mary's alum And I found a job at U.S. Cellular, which is Chicago's big telecom company. I looked and the benefits was that they pay for your schooling. And so I thought, hey, let me get my master's while I'm up here. I loved, loved living in a big city. I didn't own a car there. So taking public transportation and being on the L with everybody and you're reading your paper and you're prepping for the workday. But I also started enjoying the commute of going home. And it was just your time to not be fighting in traffic, to just be getting either on the bus or on the subway. I saw and learned a lot about how a great big city functions and loved it. I knew Chicago wasn't going to be forever. I'm a twin and I'm the youngest of four. I realized why I moved to Chicago was just because I wanted to do something for myself and also see if I could make it for myself. You know, I feel like here in San Antonio, if I had an issue, like say I had a flat tire, you know, you could call your dad, your brother, your uncles, you know, and I think part of me just wanted that independence and, and that validation that I could totally survive on my own in somewhere random. (laughs) But I I did want to come home. Deciding that I was going to go down the tech career path was exciting. You know, part of it was my sister and several of my cousins worked for Rackspace. They would all be talking about how wonderful it is. And I'm like, what? Like, How can your day job be that exciting? Rackspace is a company that was started here in San Antonio in the late 90s by a few local university students. They do managed cloud services, and they were one of San Antonio's largest employers for a time. When I was making the decision to move back to San Antonio, I applied to Rackspace and got in, and it was an absolutely wonderful company to work for. Being a 
female in tech in San Antonio because there's just not a lot of us. There was a learning curve for me. One time I had a, a female boss and she was wonderful. But there was a meeting that we were leaving and on our way back, I was talking to her about all the different ideas I had from the meeting. And she stopped me and she said, why didn't you talk about any of those during the meeting? And, you know, it hit me because I didn't have an answer for her. I didn't know why I didn't raise those ideas in the meeting. After some soul searching and reflection, I realized part of it was being intimidated by being the only female in the room. I didn't know when it was my time to speak or if anybody would value my opinion, all these things that kind of go through your head. And so I was really glad that she stopped and kind of put it in my face that I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be shying away from sharing my input. I pushed myself to be adding that input into meetings, but I will say it wasn't always easy because oftentimes, you know, you say an idea and you kind of get the bobbleheads around the room and then maybe a male counterpart says the same idea and everybody's like, that's a wonderful idea. And you're like, I just literally said that. I definitely enjoyed my time at Rackspace. And after I had my first daughter, Coming back to uh, the workforce was an interesting time. I think as, as a new mom, you start questioning, do I want to be spending my time here away from my daughter? I knew I wanted to get back into the workforce, but I also knew I wanted more out of my career. Well, just as chance would have it, that's when TechBlock was forming. One of TechBlock's core beliefs is that San Antonio needs to rethink the way that we approach transportation within the city. So it makes sense that one of their first initiatives was getting Uber and Lyft back into the city after city council instated regulations that required ride-sharing companies to have their drivers pass stricter background checks. Uber and Lyft really didn't like that, and they thought it was infeasible to continue operations within the city, and they left for nearly a year. I'll never forget having the initial conversation with Lorenzo Gomez. And he's like, hey, there's this thing and it's called Tech Block. And, you know, you need to come in and, and be a part of it. Tech Block? What what are y'all doing? And he's like, we're going to be organizing to get rideshare back to San Antonio. Because at that time, our city council had kicked Uber and Lyft out. I joined the project team and it was scrappy, <laughs> you know, to say the least. It was just a couple of us meeting after work to say, this is a problem, but how are we going to fix it? We decided to have an event that would pull the tech community in San Antonio together because we really hadn't done that too much uh, in the past. Honestly, we would have been happy if 200 techies showed up, but our first event, we had over a thousand people show up to that event. And it was an amazing experience because you had your political and elected officials here in San Antonio. You had uh, mayoral candidates. You also had developers and our CEOs and tech CEOs and CFOs. And we were all just squished in Southerly and outside of Southerly because there's no way you could fit that many people inside. And just listening to why it was important for our tech community to come together to advocate for rideshare coming back to San Antonio. After that, they talked to me about being the executive director. I was just like, huh? Because I did not come from the nonprofit world. You know, I came from corporate America and 
I was a new mom. It was important for me to keep my salary and benefits. And so I was able to talk to uh, Rackspace's CEO at the time, Taylor Rhodes, and I'm grateful to this day for the opportunity that he took. I said, hey, can I be a Rackspace employee and just dedicate my time to TechBlock? And he was at the event. I think he saw the power and the energy that TechBlock had created. And he said, absolutely. So that was awesome to have his support. It was an amazing experience to be the founding executive director of TechBlock. I learned a lot and also did a lot. It's pushing a rock to create a community and it's constant putting people in order and their marching orders and, hey, this is what we're going to go do next. But also creating a community is about how are we going to meet? How are people connecting? Making sure that there's those instances that are mutually beneficial for both parties and stuff. So it was constant, but it was it was an exciting time. Marina loved living in Chicago. And one of the things that she liked the most about it was the public transportation system. She felt that it offered her real mobility and independence and at an affordable cost. Compared to what she was paying in San Antonio for the same independence and mobility, it was nothing. Moving back to San Antonio was an eye-opening experience because, like I said, grew up here, had a wonderful childhood. I also saw that not everybody grew up the same way I did. I think my parents were smart about giving all of us that perspective and why it was so important to give back. But when I moved back, I also started reading, you know, local news. And I felt that every single year San Antonio was topping the list or near the top of the list as one of the most economically segregated cities. And it was just infuriating to me because we just we read the headlines and then we kind of shake our heads and yeah, that's bad, you know, and we just carry on. So when I started thinking, OK, well, what could I do about this? That is part of the reason why I volunteer my time for the VIA board because it is a lot of time. I feel that public transportation offers people opportunities to get to their jobs. It offers people opportunities to get to doctor's appointments or to see family members or to get anywhere. That's kind of the fire under butt for me to serve on the VIA board. In Chicago, I would spend around 150 bucks a month on my transportation costs. You know, the L, the CTA pass cost me around 89, 90 bucks a month for unlimited rides, and then probably spend 50 or 60 bucks on cabs, you know, when I was going out late at night. When I moved back to San Antonio, I saw how much my transportation costs were eating into my check. And I mean, it was astonishing paying for a car. I'm paying for insurance. I'm paying for maintenance. I'm paying for gas. San Antonio being a poor city, people are giving so much of their check on just getting to places versus school supplies for their kids or groceries for their families. Oftentimes, I offer constructive criticism <laughs> to Via through my tweets, you know, and stuff and, and just said, hey, I don't understand why this is like this. And why doesn't San Antonio have a rail system? I didn't understand why we just hadn't done these things yet. Since joining the Via board, uh, I have started understanding that Via is just dramatically underfunded. It's frustrating because I think there's a mindset shift that needs to happen in San Antonio and in Texas that people don't need to all get into their trucks and drive to a place. A bus can accommodate a lot of people. 
And if you don't ever take the bus, you know, why am I wanting to give more money to the bus system if I don't ever take it? When really we should be reframing the argument of who takes the bus and why do we need to support them further? Because it gets people to their jobs on time. It helps out with creating a good economy in San Antonio. If you don't take the bus, you still want us to have a good public transportation system because that means less cars on the road. So it means less traffic for you. But getting people's mindset shift around that has been a challenge for VIA and is part of the reason why I feel VIA is so drastically underfunded. But it also is my way of saying, how do we make this change in San Antonio so that we're not always on the most economically segregated list? And I feel it's a lot through education. That's a complex problem to solve, right? How do we get San Antonio off the most economically segregated list? Super complex, but I think education is one piece. Building our workforce is another piece. Transportation is a piece of solving that puzzle. And so I'm just trying to do my part in my way. Growing up in San Antonio was a wonderful experience. I had a wonderful childhood. Growing up, my parents were really involved either in the Neighborhood Association. Right now, my mom's actually chair of the Port San Antonio board, and my dad is on the Alamo Community Colleges board. So we saw them giving their time and their resources back to the community in in different ways, whether it's volunteering, we'd show up at volunteer events, or board service, or taking us to different protests and marches. We saw that giving back to the community was and is important to all of us, and, and, and it should be a priority. All of these experiences combined, living in Chicago, being independent, and recognizing the importance of building community through action, led Marina to be on several boards in San Antonio, including the VIA board, through which she fights strongly for more equitable transportation systems, in pursuit of getting San Antonio off the top of the list of the most economically and racially segregated cities in the U.S., through my work, I've seen, okay, how do I carve out time from my day job to also give back? What that's looked like for me in the in the most recent years is I have my day job. And then in the evenings or the weekends or, you know, my lunch times, I sit on different boards like the VIA board or the Bear County Child Welfare Board. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of hours. But it's my way of giving back. I also don't shy away from taking my daughters to different marches or protests. It's actually one of my favorite pictures of Marielle. It was one of the women's marches, and we're just marching downtown, and she's there in her little blue jean skirt, and it's awesome. I am the mom of two little girls, and, um, you know, it's it's extremely important for me that they have that perspective that not everybody in our city lives like they do. And I would say being on the west side of San Antonio that their neighbors don't live how they do. One of the things I love doing most with my oldest daughter, Mariel, my youngest is still too little, is riding the bus, whether we're going downtown to pick up like a race day packet or whatever, we ride the Via bus downtown. And she sees all sorts of different people from different lifestyles get on and she asks questions like, why are they carrying all their bags? Do they not have a home, you know, and stuff? And and I love the conversations that we're able to have 
from the experience of literally riding the Via bus downtown. To me, it, it's important for her to have that perspective that not everybody lives like she does, but she also has to have that responsibility to do her part to help our neighbors. I'm constantly taking them with me, whether it's donating old clothes or, you know, different food drives or protests, you know, just to say, if things aren't okay for our neighbors, they shouldn't be okay for us. And so what do we have to do to make it right? I also think that one of the things I try and do is if there are challenging times, whether it's at work or whatever, just talking through that with them. You know, I definitely don't want them to think everything is rosy and wonderful all the time. It's, hey, this really sucks for me, but this is what I'm going to do to get out of it. I think it's just important to have perspectives of the highs and the lows so that they know not everything is golden all the time. This is how you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and work through those challenging times. Like her parents, Marina also makes sure that the torch is passed on to the next generation of leaders by demonstrating to her two little girls how one woman can change the world. One of the other things that's important is that they see other females either in the workplace or doing what they want to do. I've taken my daughters to several campaign parties where it's a female friend of mine who's running and sure it's uncomfortable and sure there's a million reasons why she can talk herself out of running for elected office, but she's doing it anyway. Having those conversations with my girls so that they can see females pushing themselves and getting out of that comfort zone and making shit happen. So after we recorded this podcast, it was announced that Marina is accepting this new role as the founding executive director of a nonprofit called San Antonio Digital Connects. Their goal is to bridge the digital divide within San Antonio, and they just put out this really cool new roadmap that outlines their vision and how they plan to achieve this goal. So Marina, I'm super excited to catch up with you soon, and I can't wait to see where this new adventure takes you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for listening, guys. Authenticity is a podcast brought to you by the Storysmiths of Key Ideas. For more storytelling, you can visit keyideas.net. You can find Authenticity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like these stories, please subscribe, share with a friend, and be our friend on Instagram at authenticity.io. You can find your hosts at instacarlosm, mikerosis821, and slsdiva. Executive producers are Carlos Maestas, Christopher Branca, Stephanie Gaitan, and Mike Rosas. Our show is produced by Fabio Lima. Editors are Michael Largent and Christopher Branca. Our interns are Kaylee Lopez and Ethan Perriman. Our graphics were designed by our friends at Heavy Heavy and music by Lab Kids. Authenticity is recorded at Game Day Media and Key Ideas. Thanks for listening.